If you were watching last night's Packer game on Fox, you might have seen an ad outside of the traditional fare of beer or consumer gadgets. This ad parrots conservative talking points, decrying critical race theory, which sparked producer Faye Park's interest in tracing it to its source. This one-minute ad features a father and his daughter, interspersed with pictures of children playing and American flags. Daddy teaches you can be anything in this world that you want to be, right? Don't daddy teach you that? Yeah, and it doesn't matter if you're black or white or any color. See, this is how, this is how children think right here. Critical race theory wants to end that. It also uses out-of-context comments from a teacher at Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. School, a Milwaukee middle school centering African-American immersion. The teacher did not return a request for comment today. The ad takes aim at a niche academic and legal framework taught in higher education known as critical race theory parroting a frequent conservative talking point that children are being taught CRT. The ad is the work of Be Good to Kids, a limited liability company registered in Ohio six months ago. It's one of 71 LLCs or nonprofits created this year by Langdon Law, a firm run by David Langdon. Other organizations formed by Langdon this year include Working Ohioans Against Recreational Marijuana, Coalition to Restore American Values, Conservative Alliance of Republicans, Cambridge Digital Bible Study, and both an LLC and a PAC with the name Parents Against Stupid Stuff. A 2015 report from Politico investigated Langdon. That article, which described him as the suburban Ohio lawyer behind the right's dark money machine, found that Langdon poured at least $22 million into federal and state elections. Among those candidates benefiting from groups created by Langdon Law include Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose, who's running for the Senate next year. He's also the subject of an FEC complaint that alleges LaRose delayed registering as an official candidate and coordinated with an outside political group. According to the Center for Media and Democracy, a watchdog investigating political corruption, Langdon Law donated more than $400,000 to Scott Walker during his recall campaign. This was done through the Coalition to Restore American Values, whose funding comes from a Koch Brothers think tank. They're one of the organizations listed under the John Doe investigation, which accused Scott Walker of campaign finance violations. The official website for the American Principles Project, another of Langdon's conservative think tanks, takes aim at what it calls hostile progressive attacks on parents and children. In 2021, Republicans in the Wisconsin State Legislature introduced legislation designed to ban the teaching of critical race theory in K-12 and UW system schools. Meanwhile, experts dispute the central claim of the ad, that children are learning critical race theory Kevin Lawrence Henry, a professor in the UW-Madison Department of Educational Leadership and Policy Analysis, told WORT in 2021 that CRT is rarely taught below the college level. Most critical race theory courses developed in law schools. These were uh, approaches to help lawyers understand how race was operating in the law. So critical race theory started in law schools and professional schools. Uh, and it increasingly moved to graduate programs in sociology and education and public health um, to help individuals that are both practitioners as well as those that would like to be researchers um, understand how racial disparities were operating in their particular endeavors or their particular field. Reporting for WORT News, I'm Faye Parks.
Yesterday, WORT reported on a political ad that aired after the Green Bay Packers game on Sunday. That ad, which prompted the claim that critical race theory is being taught in schools, is the product of an LLC tied to a Cincinnati-based lawyer. That same lawyer has registered about six dozen other LLCs or nonprofits funding conservative interests and candidates. Angela Harris, a teacher at Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Elementary School in Milwaukee, was featured in the ad without her consent or knowledge. WRT news producer Faye Parks spoke with Harris this afternoon to hear her perspective. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the Afro-American people. Not with my children. It's not going to happen. You can make friends. (laughs) Yeah, you can make friends, no matter what color they are. So we need to stop CRT, period, point blank. Children do not see skin color, man. They love everybody. They're good people, they love them. The truth wins if we're all brave enough to tell it. All right, what is your reaction to hearing that? Well, my initial reaction is always like, what truth are they talking about? Because there wasn't very much truth told in that commercial or that ad. It's just really sad. As a teacher, you know, as an educator, there's so many things that I have to deal with. And now this is just another layer as I walk into the classroom that I have to think about. And I'm guessing you weren't notified that you'd be in this ad. Is that correct? Absolutely not. I had friends messaging me, sending me text messages, uh, messaging me on social media, saying that they saw me in a commercial. I don't watch a lot of regular TV and I don't watch football, so I would have likely never saw it unless someone would have mentioned it to me like they had. Somebody sent me a like a, a screen recording of their television And I was able to grab the website from the end of the video. And then I actually went to the website myself and saw the YouTube video that they posted on their webpage. This isn't the first time this video's made it in circulation on conservative or right-wing platforms. And so after it happened the first time, I've been very vigilant about locking down social media and kind of wiping my personal information from social media because I was doxxed heavily the first time. And so I've had to put protections in place to kind of prevent that from happening. Oh, so you were you were doxxed. Do you mind walking me through what that was like? What exactly happened? Certainly. So the video was picked up by a group called Libs of TikTok, I believe. Something like that. They have a large Twitter following as well as a large TikTok following. They picked up the video. They shared it within probably 24 hours of the video going up. Folks had already had my first and last name as well as the school the school that I worked at and the grade that I taught. And so folks were contacting the school almost immediately. After that, my home address and my telephone number were posted. So I began to receive phone calls, text messages, actual threats of violence to myself and my family. I received letters sent to my home as well as to my school, threatening my personal safety as well as the safety of my family, threatening my employment, just really anything that you could honestly think of, calling me some very horrible racial slurs. 
and things like that. So it, it escalated very quickly. When exactly did this first go viral? When does the video date from? Uh, I believe it was in like February or March of 2022. It was during Black History Month is what I can recall. Do you remember the context of that video, what you'd been discussing in class before then, sort of what the idea was behind uh, that Pledge of Allegiance that you said? So I have to make it very clear that the school that I was at is a African-American immersion school. It is a cultural immersion school. So what that means is the children who attend that school are immersed in Black African culture. It is a part of our curriculum. It is a part of the language that we use with our scholars. There is a a morning meeting that happens at the beginning of each day. It's called Mbongi. So we hold African concepts as a part of our curriculum as well. And during that morning meeting, we say the American Pledge, we say the African Pledge, we talk about our principles, our Kingian values, we say a scholar declaration, and then we just kind of talk about our day and how our day is going to go. So this is something that happens in every single classroom in that building every single day because of the type of school that we are. So it would be no different than a German immersion school singing the, the German national anthem or a French immersion school singing the French national anthem. It's just a part of our our context. And the context of that pledge is to make a commitment to value and honor our culture as black people and to bring goodness and to promote safety in our community. Some of the criticism from particularly conservative politicians surrounding instruction on race in school is that it's too sensitive of a topic, um, it can be full of conflict, that kind of thing. How do you adjust your curriculum to work for younger students? I've always been a strong believer in the fact that when children, at whatever age children can experience racism, is an age that they can learn about racism. So my scholars come to me with a set of experiences that they have that that's not something that I give to them that's based upon the lives that they live every day. And so they're coming into the classroom wanting to have conversations about themselves. And so I have to provide opportunities for them to do that. An activity that I love to do with them, we talk about like how they feel on the inside versus how they're viewed on the outside. These are all words and concepts and things that they come up with on their own. And it, it's never anything that I give to them or di- or direct them to do. These are all things and feelings that they have for themselves. And so having conversations like that with all children, I believe, is really important because we may see see folks one way on the outside and they may feel or believe or or be something totally different on the inside. And so it's really interesting to me that that dad and his daughter are talking about this exact concept right here. But they're leaving out the part where there are some children in the world who do experience racism and and who do know, even at a very young age, that race and color does exist. When you yourself were a student, 
What was your knowledge of African-American history? Was that something that you learned about in school? No. I mean, I took my first African history class when I was uh, in high school. I was in my first class and actually my first black teacher, black male teacher, was my freshman year in high school. The story of American history is told from one perspective. I don't believe that. The way that we teach history and social studies in schools in particular doesn't do a good job of telling both sides of the story. So you will often have things happen like the way that enslavement is described in in social studies curriculums being favorable, right, for people who were enslaved. And we know that to not necessarily be the case. And so at Dr. King, we try to do the job of telling the story of Black folks even prior to enslavement, because there's a part of the story there that also doesn't exist. So a lot of times when we hear about the history of Black folks, it really starts with the story of us being enslaved here in America. And there's so much more to the story of Black folks than just that. Would you say that your perspective has changed over time at all? Oh, I definitely think that my perspective has shifted over time, particularly when I look back on the education that I received and the type of educator that I'm trying to be now. I feel like perhaps at a younger age, if I were able to have some of these difficult conversations, and I I believe this to be true for all of us, I think that we would be in a much different place in terms of what society looks like now, because we would have the capacity to think critically and deeper about these societal issues that exist rather than try to push them under the rug because they make us feel uncomfortable. Anything else you would like to share with our listeners that we haven't touched on yet? You know, I just think that it's important to think about the repercussions of advertisements like this, particularly knowing that I wasn't aware that my face, my image, or my likeness was going to be used and also it's being used to spread a false light and a false narrative and how that can really affect not just my employment as an educator, but my personal safety, because these types of topics are really inflammatory. They really are polarizing, and they really pull people in one direction or another. And I I have a job that is difficult enough in itself. Being a teacher in an under-resourced community, I don't need the added pressure of worrying about being accused of teaching critical race theory.